Hi, Dr. Phil Flox here, also known as John Billingsley. I volunteer for the Hollywood Food Coalition. We serve terrific meals to the unhoused seven nights a week. We assist a hundred nonprofits with their food needs. We work with community partners to address food insecurity in Southern California. If you're in LA, come and volunteer with us at hofoco.org slash volunteer. And any Federation credits you can spare go a long way. The Trek Geeks Podcast Network is proud to have Fansets as its presenting sponsor. Fansets is the place for amazing pin collectibles with over 400 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every month. Stay tuned for a special discount code good on your next order at fansets.com just for discovering Trek listeners. Fansets. Our pins have character. Kira, Quark, and Deep Space Nine never looked so good. Episode 6 was a Star Trek DS9 fan's dream as the USS Cerritos docked at Pylon 2 of everyone's favorite Cardassian monstrosity for an unexpected assignment of diplomacy with a familiar Gamma Quadrant race. Add to that the excitement of Jennifer wanting Mariner to hang out with her at her friends during girls' night, and surely we know that nothing can go wrong. Right? This discussion is going to be great, so grab your latinum and head down to the promenade, folks. My name is Dan Davidson, and we are Discovering Trek Lower Decks. Thank you so much for joining us, and welcome to Discovering Trek, the Star Trek Universe Companion, presented as always by Fansets. Episode 6 of Lower Decks gives us an unbelievable tribute to Deep Space Nine, with not only a return to our favorite space station, but the return of two beloved characters and their voices. I don't think I have ever gotten misty-eyed watching an animated show, uh, but it certainly happened this week. And speaking of tears... They always seem to run down my face when I work with these two. Whether tears of joy or something else, well, I'll let you decide. They are my two dear friends and co-hosts, Bill Smith and Casey Shasky. Casey, don't know about you, but man, I gotta say, this one was pretty special. I love this episode. I love this episode, I think, the most of all of them, and it's because of DS9. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It was so great. And Bill, both you and I have said for decades now that Deep Space Nine is our all-time favorite Star Trek show. And Mike McMahon certainly did everything he could to show his appreciation for the show, didn't he? He did, although I'd like to take a moment to invite you two to my salon that I'll be (laughs) hosting later. We're going to have candles? Uh, uh, Absolutely. Phasers? Dip our own candles. No phasers. Dip our own candles? Whoa. Yeah, Yeah. that's what they were doing in the episode. They They were dipping wicks to make candles. Dip your wick. Whoa. Okay, so <laughs> anyway, it is an adult podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, before we get started, I do want to do what we have started to do again here on uh, Discovering Trek Lower Decks. Let's give a quick thumbs up or thumbs down. I really don't think this is going to take mm. long. Thumbs up. Way thumbs up. Big time for me. Thumbs Casey, up. I know thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up. Bill? Um, I'll punch jerk. you. Thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we knew, we saw in the preview before season three started, 
that this was happening, and it's just been something we've been waiting for all season long, and it certainly dis- did not disappoint. Uh, so we got a lot to talk about here this week with Lower Decks. Uh, before we do that, Bill, as always, why don't you tell our listeners how they can get in touch with us to give us their thoughts on the return to Deep Space Nine in Hear All, Trust Nothing. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Do you have a carrier pigeon, everybody? Because really, that's what it's going to take to get in touch with us. Get yourself a carrier pigeon, write a little note, you know, put a little rubber band on it to the leg. Don't hurt the carrier pigeon. And then send it off into the wild blue yonder to get us your message. Mm-hmm. We do want to hear from you. If you can't do that, because I mean, it's not necessarily the humane thing to do. Get yourself the Trek Geeks mobile app for iOS or Android. Download it. Tap the more button. Get a several, one of a, a hundred thousand different ways to get in touch with us. And while you're at it, you can check out our brand new app exclusive content that you're not going to be able to get anywhere else. Head to trekgeeks.com slash app for all the details. Plus, you can join the most, this is not hyperbole, the most positive Star Trek Facebook group there is. It's Camp Kittimer, and it just so happens to be the official Facebook group of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. It is so easy to join. Head on over to Facebook, search for Camp Kittimer, and answer a few questions we're going to let you write in to take part in all the fun and positive discussion. And of course, a big thank you to our wonderful admins, Haley, Jackie, and Fark for the amazing job they do running the camp. Of course, do remember, if you're going to send us something, we're going to use it. Dan. Black alert. Black alert. So I got a question for you, Bill. Carrier pigeons. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Do you remember the episode of Gilligan's Island where uh, there was actually a guy sending pigeon to the island with notes that Gilligan would get and then send back? First of all, how many thousands of of miles? We're going to talk about this on our next episode of the Gilligan's Island podcast, by the way. But how could this pigeon fly all the way to the island, all the way back? It, it just didn't make any sense to me. Before we start our discussion, we want to warn our <laughs> listeners that this episode of Discovering Trek Lower Decks contains spoilers. So if you haven't watched Star Trek Lower Decks Episode 6... Stop listening right now, head on over to Paramount Plus, watch the episode, and then come back on over to Discovering Trek. Failure to do that puts you at risk to find out plot developments and character details. For here, here all, trust nothing. Thanks, little buddy. Thank, thank you for taking care of that. Anyway, where, where do we begin with this episode? Um, I'm going to start right off the bat with the first shot. The shot of, of, of them arriving at Deep Space Nine was where I actually teared up this week. The music, the theme of Deep Space Nine playing, the opening of the wormhole, even animated, that was absolutely amazing. Even throwing in the comedy of just Circle Again, it was awesome, and it set the tone for what the entire episode was going to be like. Just keep circling. Yep. <laughs> uh, but You sounded just like Ransom there. But can they do it forever? Because I exactly. love it. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it made me realize how much I've missed Deep Space Nine. And that's by saying, saying it as somebody who watches the show all the time. It, it was new Deep Space Nine. And I'm sorry, I don't want to make it sound like it wasn't a Lower Decks episode because it, obvious, it absolutely was. But we returned to Deep Space Nine, which has so much meaning for me. And it was absolutely wonderful, Bill. I just can't even talk. I can't talk. I'm, I'm just like. It's not just that we return to Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. It's that there were these familiar touchstones, you know, in the characters that we love or some of the characters that we love that we heard and recognize instantly. You get Colonel Kira, you get Quark, you see Morn, mm-hmm. you see things, you know, on Deep Space Nine that you've recognized the entire run of the series. 
Um, it was, it was perfect to the way they did it. And it was great that they didn't announce that Nana and Armin were going to take part yes. in it because it was such a wonderful surprise for the viewers. Right. It really was. Armin actually tweeted about it late this afternoon saying that he was happy that he could finally let the cat out of the bag. And, and it was, it was a surprise. Um, we've been talking all year, how every episode there have been huge names that have guest voice acted. Um, we started with, um, uh, James Cromwell and, and, and we had, um, um, oh gosh, uh, the doctor from the holodeck episodes with Georgie, Jordy. I can't think of her name at the moment. I'm, I'm just Dr. so Leah excited. Thank you. Susan Gibney. Um, Susan Gibney. And now we have, we have Nana and Armin and it was, it was awesome. It was so great to hear those voices again. Um, it just, it took me back 20, 25 mm-hmm. years. Um, and it, it, it was amazing. So, um, I'm going to be like this the whole episode. I'm going to let you know right now because it was, it just meant so much to me. Um, <laughs> But I got to say, did it not make sense that the entire episode had to be Quark being the catalyst for the breakdown and negotiations with the, the with the Karama? Uh, I mean, only Quark, right? I mean, he, he this is what he's famous for. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter that he's got 21 franchises now or not. He's still Quark and he's still going to try to make a profit. He's going to try to screw over anybody he can. Am I right? True. Absolutely absolutely <laughs> true. And yeah, I mean, you you just said it, so I'm just nodding with you. And and but let's get let I'm gonna say this right now. I really hope Paramount sees and hears all the love for DS9 and puts effort into an HD re-release of the series because seeing this even animated was beautiful and heartfelt. And all of this. And, you know, Dan, I go directly to, I'm up for a DS9 animated series now. They could start planning that. And, you know, we can't have everybody in there at the moment. But, like, James Earl Jones just signed a thing with Respeacher to be able to have AI recreate his voice from past Mm -hmm. recordings. So there is a possibility that everybody could be involved whoever would want to be, but oh, this was just so wonderful. I just, and I did sit there and rewind when they were just flying by the station. I was like, ah, this is comfort. It was, it was one thing to see the, the, the wormhole open during that opening sequence when, when the ship was circling the station, but it was even more special for me when we saw the reflection of the wormhole opening in the window when Kira was looking out Mm -hmm. at it. I thought that was a really special moment for Colonel Kira. And it was great to see Colonel Kira back in her Bajoran outfit, I will say. Bill, you're nodding your head. I, I, I just thought it was, it was fantastic. That wormhole, it, it never looked so good. I love that Kira gets that moment to herself in, mm-hmm. in the station commander's office. What's she thinking? Yeah. That's exactly it. Because you see the, the wormhole open. You can see her looking at it. You wonder, because it's Kira, what's going through her mind. Mm-hmm. How, every time it opens, does she think of, of Benjamin Sisko? The emissary, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I have to believe that part of her does. Mm-hmm. And then you, that moment, it doesn't linger too much. It's just enough. And then it goes back to the episode with, you know, Captain Freeman and company walking through the door. I just thought it was just such a, a nice beat for Kira and just such a wonderful character moment. And such another very tiny thing, but she has the baseball. She still has the baseball in 
what is now her office that was once Cisco's, but it's something that she keeps there to remember him by. It was just another great callback. And, you know, I think when we talked to Mike McMahon, he talked about his love for Deep Space Nine also. So it certainly showed in every aspect of this episode, Bill. Did you notice that everybody in Ops was wearing a Bajoran uniform? Yes. There were no Starfleet uniforms in Ops. Yep. I thought that was fantastic. That was fantastic. It is now a Bajoran station. Yeah. It always was, though. Well, true. I mean, and Starfleet was there to help. Um, it, it makes you wonder, though. We didn't get any specific information. Is Bajor now a member of the Federation? Uh, we, that was something Maybe. that Cisco mm-hmm. wanted to not happen during the Dominion War for obvious reasons. So, you know, maybe there's... Maybe that's the reason why it's all Bajorans running the station now. It's I don't know. But uh, Casey, there was just so many other great things. One of the things I also liked, which I wanted to get your opinion on, is I love the DS9 episode Starship Down. We get to see the Karama for the first time. And the Karama played in that episode alongside Armin Shimmerman is the amazing James Cromwell. And I was really happy to see another callback to a great episode of DS9 come through with this. And there, the whole episode hinges on what's going to go on with these negotiations with this race it's more beautiful deep world building or universe building however you want to call it um i I said it before there's very very smart people making this show (laughs) and and they will recall certain things that some of us won't and also be able to just keep keep deepening what we're experiencing and it goes back to where like we said, we're, we're having these feelings of DS9 from a show how many decades old? But it's within us. So this show is able to tap into that and use it to their benefit in a new show. It's just, and they're exquisitely put together. I, I love that Shax has a history with Kira. Yes. And that there's this constant one-upsmanship on, <laughs> uh, you saved my life. No, you saved my life last. No, you saved mine. You know, and uh, does Kira know everybody in the Bajoran resistance? Because before, so. in the, originally in Deep Space Nine, they didn't know who, er, who all was in the resistance to insulate everybody. Mm-hmm. But Kira knows everybody that was in the resistance. <laughs> yeah. I love I loved the, the, the back and forth with Shax. Uh, we don't know a lot about Shax. Other than he died and came back, and and we, but we don't know a lot about his history, um, and I thought it was great to know that he's got this relationship with someone that we know so well over the seven seasons of Deep Space Nine. Um, Bill, you know we've talked about how it's our favorite show. What are the things that stood out in your mind for what we saw this week with the A story? Uh, well, I, I think we I think we've covered it in large detail. Um, you know, it's, uh, well, I, I suppose which one is the A story? Is it them being on Deep Space Nine with the negotiation or is it Tendi and, you know, trying to fight back against her own heritage because they're both part and parcel of the same story? Um, you know, it's, I really kind of think the negotiation was kind of a lesser story to some extent um, as opposed to, you know, and being on Deep Space Nine because it just happened to serve the growth for Tendi you know, and rescuing Quark. That's a, that's a very good point. Um, I was very happy to see some good Tendy moments in this episode. I feel that she has had the least growth in season three. We haven't really had any episodes that have really focused on her at all. So even though the whole Deep Space Nine thing was there, this was the episode 
uh, which got to focus on her. And it's, I got to say, I'm not going to lie, I was pretty impressed that her family was not only pirates, but part of the Orion Syndicate. That was awesome, Casey. Um, absolutely. And on part of this, I think she's actually the most already well-rounded character. There's just bits yeah. she chooses for us not to see. I mean, because this is don't F with Tendi. You know, I wrote it. She, she may look like a bell pepper, but she's as badass as a ghost chili pepper. <laughs> you know, it's really say to that. <laughs> and it's like, it's like she, she has, has this thing where like, Hey, I don't really want to talk about this, but there is history there and she gets it done. And, and, you know, she, she is able to reconcile pretty well both parts or multiple parts of herself and her family and all of that and you know to to see another episode where we get uh, some more character development where we see it we actually see it because in this one i've always thought it's there with her um <sighs> she's the one i want to go into a fight with <laughs> yeah well, I, she, and after seeing what she was able to do uh, in those fight scenes this week, uh, I don't mm-hmm. disagree with that at all. But I mean, it's also very clear that she is either embarrassed or ashamed mm-hmm. of her Orion heritage to I some agree. extent. Yeah, because mm-hmm. she spends the entire episode trying to distance herself from that that tool. Um, <laughs> and I don't mean the Orion pirate tool. I mean the dude in the Starfleet uniform. Yeah, yeah. Um, the guy who was Mask. essentially yeah, Mask, who was essentially a poser. Mm-hmm. You know he is trying to be more Orion than Orion. And it, when it comes down to it, Tendi was that way all along. She can get it done. It's just, it's just not who she is inside. You know, the fact that she gets to go badass pirate is fantastic, but the object lesson is you just got to be yourself. Tendi knows all these things, but at her core, that's not who she is. Right. She's Starfleet. Mm-hmm. You know, she is mm-hmm. that good person, and that's what shines through. And not only that, she realizes that for herself, but she lets him know about that, that, you know what, you should be proud you're from Cincinnati and 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 this, that, and the other thing. And I thought that was a good way to show how Tendy deals with things. First time in Star Trek anyone has ever been proud of being from Cincinnati. Oh! It might be the first, <laughs> might be the first time in anything. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we love you, Cincinnati. We do I'm love you, kidding. Cincinnati. Baby, WKRP. Um, so there, you know, I want to spend one more minute on on Deep Space Nine itself because there were so many great Easter eggs that we that we saw in this episode. We saw Cisco's baseball. That there was a mention of Smiley. I mean, who would have thought that you would be mm-hmm. talking about Smiley ever again? But Mariner wanted to 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 take them on the tour. Otherwise they're going to get lost and end up with smiley. I thought that was fantastic. (laughs) Uh, You talked about Morna a a little while ago, Bill. um, And I thought it was great that there was the reference to that awful hollow sweet moment where Quark's head was on Kira's body in Meridian. Who would have ever thought we would ever be talking about that again? Uh, (laughs) A little scary, a little gross, but still, but one of the things that was very subtle and it was off in the distance, but it was one of the things that made me get a little emotional because, uh, because we, we lost Aaron at one scene. You saw Rutherford's legs dangling from the upper level of the promenade, just like Jake and Nog used to do back in deep space nine. And that was a very special moment for me. It you know I have to imagine that Tendi having to deal with Rutherford at Deep Space Nine is a lot like your wife having to deal with you at Disney, um, because 100%. you're just wandering wandering all over the place, going look over here, look over here. This is I, great. I go deaf in Disney. I yeah, and lie. and Rutherford is essentially you know an eight year old kid, and Tendi is mom. 
I love it. I absolutely love it. So we got more to talk about. There was actually other things going on in this episode uh, of Lower Decks, and we're going to talk about going to a salon party after we talk about our friends at uh, Fansets. Of course, we want to take a moment to thank our friends at Fansets for being the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. I love the way that comes out, dude. The presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. So great. Uh, We absolutely love them. As always, we just love talking about all the cool stuff that they have available on their website. And, you know, they're adding new stuff all the time. So head on over to Fansets.com right now and check out their two new latest releases, the Women of Trek Raffi Musiker pin, uh, as well as the dreaded Confederation Delta from Picard Season 2 with out the neck slicing blades i'm sorry to say bill because i would definitely use it on you the delta is now available in both pin and magnet form over at fansets.com fantastic additions to any collection dan with october 1st right around the corner chances are some new stuff will be available to start off the month so everyone get on over to fansets.com put that raffi pin and a confederation delta and a whole bunch of other stuff in your cart and at checkout be sure to enter the special discount code trek geeks for 10 percent off your entire order That's Trek Geeks in all capital letters with no spaces. And of course, don't forget, when you spend more than $30, you automatically get free shipping in the U.S. Fansets. Our pins have character. And we thank our friends at Fansets for being the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. So guys, I don't want to be negative because I really did love this episode. Um, And I did love the B story, but I don't know if it should have been this week. The focus was so much on Deep Space Nine, and as you can tell, it's what I focused on like like crazy. Um, it's it's <clears throat> Lower Decks, and it's not Deep Space Nine, and this was a very special episode, but I feel that the important part of what took place in the salon party with Mariner kind of got lost a little bit in what was going on in the other part of the story for some people. I mean... I think there will be. I, I I'll blame myself. I'm probably the same way. It. I had to watch this twice for me to really focus on the Mariner part of the story, and it's an important part of the story to show that Jennifer wants Mariner to be exactly the way she is. She doesn't want to fake it with the girlfriends. She wants them to be. She wants her to be scary because that's who she is. And I thought that that was a that that was a Star Trek moment, Bill. It absolutely was, and I, I don't say this to you know as a criticism, but I think part of that is your nostalgic bias. I think we all have it. Absolutely. Nine fans. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I thought that the B story for this episode was great growth for Mariner. I loved it in this episode because it did a nice job of breaking up the things that are going on on the station. Yeah. You know, you had to have some sort of transition or else Quark never gets to the, the Karema ship. Sure. You know, Um, plus, I mean, grab a wick boys. These candles aren't going to dip themselves. We've got a new activity for Star Trek Las Vegas. Oh. <laughs> we're gonna have I, I gotta say though if i have to attend one of those salons i would airlock myself <laughs> yeah but maybe we get to phaser each other at the end bill <laughs> and fall in a heap hugging each other the interpretive dance <laughs> the 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 dramatic readings it was all very sort of 60s beat poetry night in a way right you, and you, somebody was actually snapping so their they fingers were all at snapping point. at one point <laughs> um it was it was a little weird i'm not gonna lie yeah. Um, but you know, Mariner does something that wasn't for herself. And mm-hmm. I think that's key. She did something for Jennifer. That's huge growth for her. She's invested in this relationship and this is, some might say it's the only thing in this series she's ever been invested in. 
I, I don't disagree. And, and I, I think it's great that we've seen tidbits of this relationship here and there. They first, they, first she couldn't stand Jennifer. And then we saw little bits here and there. This really shows that they are a thing. And I think it's fantastic that they're spending the time to show that growth of Mariner, that she does have the heart and she does care about people and she does want good things to happen. Um, even if it means phasering all of Jennifer's friends to get a point across, um, I thought it worked. Uh, I, I guess I, I, I think you're right, Bill. And I, and I apologize. My nostalgia got in the way of the B story. Um, like that's I said, okay. I had, to, I had to watch it twice and it really, is, and, and I guess what I was thinking is there is a lot in this B story and I just hope that it didn't get buried a little bit by what was going on with that return to nostalgia. Casey, do you think that's, uh, that's fair? I, I think that's a, a fair assessment to make or a question to have. Um, but I, you know, what we saw is really, I think one of the most healthy relationships that this show has and yeah. the, the the two of them are learning about each other and like you said you know doing things for the other that we haven't really seen before um it's nice to see a, a healthy relationship happening and for this happening for mariner um yeah part of part of the whole oh my god we're seeing ds9 and then to have a a strong enough B story to complement that and and not uh, you know not compete it is tough but i think what what they did here is take all our nostalgia and you can pull that into the B story which makes it even more emotional for me it was of what these two are going through and learning about each other. So, you know, there, there's that little teeter-totter seesaw thing of, of how can you balance this? Do you need to balance it? But, you know, we, we saw a little bit of stuff last episode with Mariner where, you know, after the booth work, she has a, a, an actual opportunity if she doesn't want to stay in Starfleet, you know, right. with the archaeologist. Well, that's true. So, yeah. so she has options and there's... Uh, things blossoming in her life. So, you know, I, I found it, and this just could be an insider type of thing, but kind of a, a nice little way, again, for, for the writers and producers of the show to encompass everything that we're feeling for something older that we love to bring that into a new story. Interesting, and I want to I want to go back to last week real quick because you brought it up, and I, we forgot to talk about it on last week's episode. I found it very interesting that she saved the contact at the end of the episode instead of deleted. Yep. And she even I think surprised herself. I thought that was another opportunity of what we're going to see Mariner become as the show goes on. Am I out of my mind, Bill? Um, I don't think you're out of your mind, but ultimately, I don't think that's the choice that Mariner will make. I think she. Oh, likes- I don't either. I think she likes having an easy out if she, if it's available. And I think that over time, maybe she, maybe there's a future episode where she deletes that contact because she realizes she doesn't need it. Yeah. And, and I'm, I actually don't think it's the last that we've seen of that other person, uh, that other woman who used to be in Starfleet. Um, I can't recall her name at the moment, but, um, uh, I think we're going to see her again. I don't know if we'll see her this season, but I think we will see her in the future. Um, so, 
What else, guys? I mean, this was a big one. I mean, this was one that we've been waiting for all season long. I actually thought it was going to be later in the season, so I was even more excited because I haven't watched, <laughs> uh, you know, I haven't looked at the schedule all that much, so I was very excited, and and it was everything I had hoped it, it, it would have been. I have to say, Quark holding a grudge over the Dominion War seems very accurate mm. because I could actually see him doing that not happening in a Deep Space Nine season eight. Mm-hmm. I could see him, you know, going crazy on the Karema because of what happened. And it seemed very true to the Quark character. Plus, Quark being captured is also very Quark. Mm-hmm. Very Quark. Speaking of Quark, we actually talked about this on Star Trek News today, Bill, and I found it very interesting. As I was listening to Armin do his voiceover work, I literally thought to myself, wow, he must be wearing his Ferengi dentures because he has that certain lisp in his words when he pronounces his S's. And you said that you didn't think that he had those dentures in. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, I didn't hear it at all. I I watched the episode again today. Yeah. And there was a slight difference in Quark Mm -hmm. in live action Deep Space Nine because it's not just the lisp. His whole, you know, the the, the pronunciation of words is actually Mm -hmm. quite different. I'll tell you what, I'm going to tweet out to him later on and ask him if he had anything, if he had his Ferengi stuff in when he was doing the voice work. Yeah. I'd be interested to know. Be yeah. curious. Yeah. That's well, it also may show that, you know, maybe, maybe times have changed. Maybe the, the, the dental piece is better. Maybe Armin just put a different spin on it because it's been a while and Quark yeah. has changed. Um, who knows? 21 franchises. Right. No, that's, we've that's seen it in deal. we've seen it in Picard in the future, because this takes place about five years after the end of Deep Space Nine. And Picard, of course, is is well in the future. And there's quarks on uh uh that Rag City place, whatever the hell the name of the place is. <laughs> Stardust Stardust Rag. Stardust free, Rag. Free cloud? <laughs> free, yes, exactly. Yeah. Stardust free City cloud. Rag. At least I got the episode name. Stardust City there Rag. There you go. Free cloud. Thank you very much. Anyway. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna end it right there. Twenty one no, twenty one franchises. I mean Quark is making bank. And then not anymore. Well, but not now. Until the end not of at the, the end of it. I mean twenty four percent. Okay, not as good. But did you guys see how in this episode Quark was screaming like Boimler does? Yeah. And I was like Absolutely did. That that was yeah. that was beautiful. And then we get more bold Boimler. At the Dabo table, and he's yep. crushing it. Oh, crushing it. Crushing. And he gives it all up for stuffed animals. Well, because there's no money, there's no in, money. The, in it, Starfleet anyway. It was a beautiful play on his part. You could donate it to the Bajoran Orphan Guild or whatever it was. Why not Quark Bucks? Come on. <laughs> he did get a really nice rac- blue Ractagino cup, which is kind of cool if you caught that when he was leaving the, the Quarks with all his stuff. Plus, I'm sure it's good at any quarks anywhere throughout the galaxy. Right. Well, there you go. And that transfers into 100 shoot bucks as well. So that's good. (laughs) (laughs) False. (laughs) Very nice. Very nice. Well, I got to tell you guys, this really was something. As you can tell, and by I'm sure all the listeners can tell by my gushing this entire episode, I loved it. Deep Space Nine is so special to me, and I love seeing it again in current Star Trek. Uh, but we still have four more episodes of Lower Decks this season to love. And Casey, uh, what do we got coming up next week, buddy? Well, next week sounds kind of serious, but it's Lower Decks, so probably not. But we got a wayward Starfleet ensign struggles to find a path to redemption. It's episode seven of Lower Decks, a mathematically perfect redemption. And we'll be right here to talk all about it next week. 
Until then, remember that you can subscribe to Discovering Trek by searching for us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or by downloading the Trek Geeks Podcast Network app best app out there. And don't forget, you can support Discovering Trek and the Trek Geeks Podcast Network by subscribing to bonus content on Patreon. Get access to the unedited audio of all of our podcasts, plus a whole bunch of other cool perks. Of course, we want to take a moment now to recognize the following amazing producers of Discovering Trek. We are truly so grateful for their support. Mike Bovia, Steve Bovia, Chaz Bradshaw, Kyle Castillo, Peter Craig, Andy Davenport, Craig Ewing, Jackie and Chris Hackney, Kimberly Hartman, David Hood, Lionel Marchand, Matt McGonagall, Darren Metcalf, Charlie Mulvey, Sean O'Halloran, Casey Pettit, Jamie Rogers, Major Self, some dude named Casey Shafsky, Terry Shull, Jim Stoffel, Chris Trebuzio, Ken Tripp, Christina Werther, and the lovely and talented Jess Fashon, the senior producer of Trek Geeks, is the frequently fabulous Jude Tatman. Jude, woohoo! Hey, y'all. If you, yeah, you, would like to support Discovering Trek and the Trek Geeks Podcast Network, beam on over to patreon.com slash trekgeeks, where subscription levels start at just $2 a month. Just two. Of course, for more great Star Trek discussion, we want everyone to check out the other member podcasts of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. So many great shows done by passionate fans who just want to share their love of Star Trek and Gene's vision. You can find all our podcasts, including where to listen by visiting trekgeeks.com slash listen. The Trek Geeks Podcast Network, no one, oh, I said no one, talks Trek like we do. You can bet no one. I'll bet the house. Triple Dabo. Triple Dabo. No one. Well, everybody, thank you for joining us for our discussion on Lower Decks Episode 6, Here All Trust Nothing, an absolutely beautiful return to my favorite Star Trek series ever with Deep Space Nine. The music, the station, Quark, Kira, it was truly momentous. Uh, It was a momentous occasion for Lower Decks, and I want to thank Mike McMahon for pulling out all the stops for this one. I'm so glad to be able to discuss it with my two amazing co-hosts, Bill and Casey. Guys, thanks for making it such a special week to talk about the episode. Uh, And I want to thank all of you in the Alpha and maybe even the Gamma Quadrant for tuning in to hear what we had to say. I'm looking forward to doing it all again next week with Star Trek Lower Decks Episode 7, A Mathematically Perfect Redemption. So until next week, never stop discovering. Music for Discovering Trek is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing an original song for each episode of Star Trek. Hear more of their music at fiveyearmission.net. Discovering Trek is a production of Coconut Media Works, executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.